Hello, everybody. Tuesday, April 23rd. Yeah, 2013. I'm on shoes. We got an uh, interview that I just did this afternoon. Bill is under the weather. Don't know where Mike at. So I'm holding down the fort and trying to do 45 things at once. That's me. But sure, Lord, thank you for the opportunity of being here. But this station. And the supporters, thank you for letting us be here. We ask it in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. All right, here we go. Hi, everybody. I'm Wong Shoes. On the line, I bet it's a very, very busy gentleman this time of the year. David Michaels, welcome to Yesterday USA. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. Tell me about the upcoming project you have. I really want to thank you for your time today. Well, thank you. It was a pleasure talking to you. I hope you, we can do it again. You bet. And you have a great afternoon. You too, sir. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. All right. We get to that this afternoon. Now, here's Amos and Andy. Hey, Andy, did you hear that whistle? Sure do, Amos. That whistle means Rinso White, Rinso Bright, Rinso New. That's right. It means that this is Sunday, and we is on the air for 1950 Rinso with Solium. The Amos and Andy Show with Ernestine Wayne, Lou Lubin, Johnny Lee, Jeff Alexander, and his orchestra, and radio's all-time favorites, Amos and Andy. Brought to you by Lever Brothers Company, makers of new 1950 Rinso with Solium, the soap that gets your clothes whiter and brighter than new. Rinso white, Rinso bright, Rinso new. A few weeks ago, the kingfish came into possession of a rather ancient automobile, which he's now trying to sell. The used car dealers laughed. The newspapers wouldn't even accept his ad. So finally, he's fallen back on what he knows from experience is his most likely customer. Well, there you is, Andy. Yeah, Andy the beauty. Uh, tell me, has you ever seen a car like this before? No, I can't say I is. Of course, I was only 42 years old. <laughs> And uh, this car ain't old, you know. It's one of the last models that was made in 1926. Yeah, yeah, oh, it's a great shape. It's had 300,000 miles of careful driving. <laughs> yeah, look at it there. Nice uh, light blue color with a... See you next Sunday. Lifeboard, your skin cleaner, gives you longer all-over perfection after your daily bath. Remember, there's not just one or two, but 13 areas of the skin where doctors have found B.O. Life Boy protects you all over, gives you top 24-hour security. Get Life Boy right away. 
Be sure and listen to the Amos and Andy Show at this same time next Sunday. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. All right, we're going to wrap up the evening with One Man Family. Hope you're all doing well. Here we go. This, this is One Man's Family. One Man's Family is dedicated to the mothers and fathers of the younger generation and to their bewildering offspring. Today we present Chapter 4, Book 73, entitled The Sinister Shadow of Rexford Frome. It's a cool, bright winter afternoon in Seacliff, San Francisco. Henry Barber, bundled in muffler and jacket, has been outdoors this afternoon, puttering in the wintry sunlight, a between-seasons gardener trying to find something to do. Sometimes he stops to gaze absently toward the bay, thinking perhaps about last evening and the news which reached him with a surprise that shocked. Paul's announcement of his coming marriage confirmed Henry's worst apprehensions, yet nothing could have prepared him for it. If you will notice him now, he is fussing with his rose bushes, not really accomplishing very much. Claudia's gleaming bronze convertible has just pulled into the driveway. She watches her father for a moment and then comes slowly across to join him. Hello, Dad. Huh? Oof. Kind of a chilly day to be out in the garden, isn't it? Oof. Paul came over to see me last night. We had quite a nice long talk. just heard Chapter 4, Book 73 of One Man's Family, written and produced under the direction of Carlton E. Morse. Chapter 5, entitled So Near and Yet So Far, will come to you next week at this same time. on NBC today? Two great Sunday shows that add up to one hour of stellar entertainment. The Phil Harris Alice Faye Show and The Adventures of Sam Spade. You can hear them both later today on NBC. Remember, for comedy, tune to Phil Harris and Alice Faye and then stay tuned for mystery on The Adventures of Sam Spade. One Man's Family comes to you from California. Coming up, it's the Quiz Kids. Stay tuned to NBC.
rebroadcast of the Kate Smith Show is a presentation of the Armed Forces Radio Service. People will People say we are in love. <laughs> the closest song there. K. Smith from 1943. Don't know if John had a, uh, don't recall if John had a date for that. I did. I was turning my speakers down here. Uh, 43, it was 219. 219. 219. This one of the big mysteries. Why don't we have more K. Smith shows than what Good. we... That would answer. Yeah. I don't know whether a college university would have them or, or where she donated her stuff. Or maybe maybe it never was. I don't know. I'm uh, not sure. Remember the, the collector named Richard Hayes, I think it was. Yeah, I do remember him. Yeah, came out to Spurvac, I recall. 80, and uh, I don't think he even had very many, if I recall. No, I think you're right. Mm hmm. Wow. Yeah, I'd like to like to. Oh, yeah, I'm not sure where they are wound up or how many survived. Yep, that's true. Ten before midnight. Yep. Larry's probably gone to bed. Yeah, I think he has. And you're about ready to go. Yeah, I'm signing some uh, friends into Disneyland tomorrow morning, so. Bright and early, yeah. Yeah, so I'll stick around for an hour or two and then uh, be back here and got some other stuff going on. So. And you guys should probably go out to dinner, huh? Yeah, we're gonna go out together with uh, with Larry's uh, church group in the yeah. evening. To a kind of a kind of a taco type dinner, so not bad. No, it should be a nice weekend. Should be fun, and John will be on standby just in case I'm running late Sunday. I don't think I will be. Uh, we gotta play the, the radio association of Colorado the monthly show Sunday night, but I'll be at Gloria and Ron uh, tap the soft shoe uh, concert in the afternoon, and that's at least an hour away. So, everything goes right. I should be back in time. If not, I'll have John and Larry to play the first show, and I'll be back. Yeah, that should be nice. You bet. All right, John, go to bed. Do you, need, do you think I think you're ready for it? I think you're probably right. right uh, you're probably about right. <laughs> so, we will be back with you again over the weekend, and, and uh, we'll keep you posted on the exciting trials and tribulations of Larry and SBC. <laughs> Stay tuned to a radio That's station right. near you. You'll find Absolutely out. Absolutely right. Yeah. Yep. Good night, John. Good night. All right. There's John Gassman, and we got some more interviews to play. Uh, first one we're going to play is regarding the Woody Herman Orchestra. Orchestra. Second one we're going to play is about a new play coming out for Mother's Day weekend. 
and those I did today. And so we're going to feature those. But first, let's say a prayer. Dear Lord, thank you for the opportunity being here. Bless all the listeners and supporters of the station. Help the needy, the poor, the hungry Lord at this time. We ask this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Alright, here's my interview about the Willie Herman Orchestra. Hi everybody, I'm Wong Hughes, and on the line is a very busy guy this time of the year. Stu Jackson, welcome to Yesterday USA. Well, thank you very much. What a pleasure to any time speak about the Woody Herman Orchestra. And actually, which so many of us have, have forgot, but there was a band leader actually from Denver, Colorado, by the name of Ice and Jones. A hundred people, but we'll do it. There's several guys here in Denver that were on Woody's band for years. Wow. Um, uh, yeah, several that lived in New York and uh, are back here. Some of them are at the university teaching and uh, uh, excellent musicians, just excellent. And we'll have a lot of fun doing that, and we invite anyone and everyone. Is you if you're in the Colorado area or around yeah, the country? Yeah, right in Denver, in Denver. Right in Denver. Huh? And right. Do you have a, a website for the restaurant, Stu? Uh, we do, I'm sure. Let me see if I can grab a card. Okay. That'll tell that. Let me look here real quick. Let's see. You're much better prepared than I am. <laughs> <laughs> Just trying to help you out, Stu. Well, God bless you, yeah. yeah. Uh, com. And so if you're in Denver, drop in and uh, grab a bite to eat. Yeah, fun place. Well, Stu, I, re- place. Stu, I really want to thank you for your time today. Well, you're welcome. We hope we see you. Uh, I hope so too. Not too many months away. You bet. You have a wonderful. Okay. You have a wonderful afternoon. Well, you too. Keep what you're doing and don't weaken. You're important. You bet. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye bye. Hi everybody, I'm Wong Hughes, and on the line, I imagine a very, very busy lady at this time of the year. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Jane Press, welcome to Yesterday USA. Thank you. It's a... we, we can, we'll try to get there. Absolutely. All right, Jane, you have a wonderful weekend. Thank you. Take you care. Too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, now here, one man family. This is One Man's Family. One Man's Family is dedicated to the mothers and fathers of the younger generation and to their bewildering offspring. Today we present Chapter 5, Book 73, entitled So Near and Yet So Far. is a special announcement to the one man's family listeners from the head of the House of Barber, Father Barber. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Barber. This is a particularly happy occasion today, and it gives me great pleasure to bring you the following information. Beginning two weeks from today, one man's family will have a new sponsor. That's right, a new sponsor. We are not going to tell you the name of our sponsor today. But the author and the cast want our radio friends to know that this new sponsorship is due directly and entirely to the loyalty and the graciousness of one man's family's great listening public. 
You remember, of course, our request last spring for a showing of letters when we were without a sponsor. You likewise remember, of course, the thousands and thousands and thousands of letters and postcards of response which flooded us for weeks afterwards. Well, it was that flood of letters, that flood of response, that great showing of loyalty which is directly responsible for our new sponsor. In a sense, he is your sponsor. You asked for him and you've got him. So, in two weeks, when we once again become a commercial show, it is our sincere hope that you'll receive the sponsor into the family and give our new product the same loyal support you feel for the barbers. You make the sponsor happy by supporting his product, and he will make you happy by continued support of one man's family. I think this is going to be a happy association for everyone. Thank you sincerely. It's Sunday afternoon in Seacliff, San Francisco. A bright winter day with a clear sky overhead and a pleasant Sunday hush over the wide streets and fresh green lawns. An itinerant ice cream vendor drove through here a few minutes ago broadcasting a gay summery tune on his automatic bells. But no one flagged him down. It's not ice cream weather. Besides, at Jack Barber's house, next door to the Barber family home, there's a case of chicken pox. In an upstairs bedroom, Betty at this moment is reading to Sharon Ann, the invalid. And then little Kanga went hop, 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 just as fast as he could go. And mother Kanga went hop, 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 as fast as she could go. And father Kanga went hop, hop, hop. Faster than anybody. Mommy. Until the angry king kangaroo was left. Mommy. Yes, dear? I'd much rather have Daddy read to me. Oh, that's a compliment, Sharon Ann. But he can't read to you again until you're all well. Remember what Dr. Thompson said? Chickenpox is very contagious. Contagious? That means he could catch it. Oh, I know what that means, Mom. That's why he stays out in the hall to talk to me. That's right. So why couldn't he sit in the hall and read? Because your daddy's writing a speech. He's got a wonderful honor, and he says he's been invited to take Mr. Spencer's place and make a speech to the commuter's luncheon club. Mr. Spencer from the office? Mm-hmm. He's the head man next to Judge Hunter. So it's important you see the end and father daddy. Now, don't squirm so. You only have two more days, then you can get out of bed and be all well again. Daddy will read to you every night. Won't that be fine? After daddy gets through writing his speech, then what is he going to do? We ought to bother him for a while, don't you think? You know, Daddy works very hard for us in the office all week, and Sunday should be the one day he can do just as he pleases. Except for helping with the dishes, and hanging out clothes, and running the vacuum, and those things, and washing windows. Oh, he likes doing all that. That isn't the way I heard it. Sharon, where'd you pick up such remarks? The kids at school all say it. You are not too, though. I don't think it sounds very nice. I'm sorry, Mommy, but that's what they say. Hi, how's the invalid? Daddy, Daddy, hi, Daddy. I don't bounce so. Hi there, young lady. How are you feeling? I feel wonderful. I feel like dancing and roller skating and skipping ropes. I feel fine. Stay out now, Jack. I'm coming. When you bring my tray up, I want everything, Mommy. Meat and potatoes and gravy and ice cream and milk. <laughs> Dinner isn't for a long time yet. I can hardly wait. I'm practically starving. You're a good girl now. See you later, Sharon. <laughs> she doesn't like my reading. You've been sleeping. Oh, just lying down, thinking. Jack, when are you going to have time to write your speech if you don't do it today? Oh, I got part of it. I'll show it to you. Come on in our room a minute. 
You should be sitting up straight somewhere, thinking as hard as you can. Oh, that isn't the way it's done at all. Sit down, Betty. That's the way Daniel Webster did it, and Henry Clay, and all those people. But they didn't know much about the unconscious mind. I read about a writer in a Sunday book page who said he did his best work in his unconscious mind, lying flat on his back in bed. So I tried it. I'd sort of doze off and get up and write something and then doze off again. I think it's pretty good. What are you going to do? I haven't had a chance to change my clothes since breakfast. Go ahead. Let's hear your speech now, Jack. Well, you sure you can really get it, changing your clothes and everything? Maybe we better wait till after dinner. If you want me to hear it, you better catch me while you can. I may not have another minute between now and bedtime. Okay. Well, here it is. I'm going to say, uh, <clears throat> Mr. President, Mr. Chairman, gentlemen, <clears throat> it is a signal honor that has been done me to take Mr. Spencer's place here today. That doesn't sound very good. Why not? Well, it's no honor if you're just substituting for Mr. Spencer. Huh? Oh, yeah. Well, and how's this next line? I'm not much of a public speaker, but I'd... Huh? What are you looking at me that way for? What's negative, Jack? Just has sort of a dismal sound. But I don't want them to expect too much. They won't. They're disappointed to start with not having Mr. Spencer. If you keep telling them you aren't any good, they'll just slide way down in their chairs. Yeah, I guess you're right. Maybe it'd be better to write that speech wide awake, sitting right straight up. Yeah. Nah, I guess you're right. I'll start it all over again after dinner. Hey, I'm going to have quite a week. You know what? Tomorrow I'm going to drive Mr. Spencer to the airport. Great chance for a personal conversation. Wednesday noon I deliver the speech, and Wednesday night's the bowling tournament. Mm-hmm. My hair kind of straggling in back. Yeah, sort of. You know something? I kind of feel like things are suddenly opening up for me. And you know what did it? Hard work and being on time. No, sir, it wasn't either. It was bowling. You know what I told you? How Judge Hunter dropped in last Wednesday night and saw me roll four strikes in a row... Well, he was talking to me about it in the hall outside his office, and Mr. Spencer came along and heard him say I had good coordination, and he was proud of the lawyer's bowling team and stuff like that. Mm Mm-hmm. And the very next day, Mr. Spencer took some notice of me in the office. I mean, for a long, personal conversation, and said I could drive him to the airport and make a speech for him and all that. You told me all this before. Yeah, but I don't think you appreciated it. It was actually bowling that did it. It was being on time and being neat and working hard. That's what did it. Oh, you don't understand the legal profession. It was really bowling, Betty, whether you agree or not. It's ironic. On account of four straight strikes in a bowling alley, I've got a chance to distinguish myself as a public speaker. Jack. And if I do that, someday I might even run for assemblyman. Jack. Hmm? Come a little closer to the mirror. Huh? Come here, in the light. What's the matter? What are you staring at me for? You feel all right? Sure, I feel fine. Bend over. Let me feel your forehead. Hey, what's going on? Jack, open your shirt. Huh? Open your shirt and let me see your chest. What? Oh, oh, no. Oh, Betty, I... I... Unbutton it. Look, 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 I I can't... This this is the wrong time for anything. Jack, Barbara, you've got chicken pox. Huh? You sure? I ought to know chicken pox by now when I see it. Just look, it's much worse than Sharon Ann. Oh. I'll move you and Sharon Ann in here together. Why, that'll be fine. You can read to her all day long, and that'll keep her in bed. Oh, fine. Oh, dandy. Don't look so pleased about it, Betty. Don't you realize what this does to the bowling team and my career? Don't be silly. Your health comes first anyhow. It's a big help to me because I simply didn't see how in the world we were going to keep Sharon Ann in bed for two more whole days. Well, 
Did you have a nice walk? Yes, yes. Oh, yes, this library is perfect for relaxation, eh, friend? Tired, dear? Oh, no, feel fine. Good to relax, though, eh? What are you doing there with those old albums? Oh, I've been going through them, sorting out some old pictures. I haven't looked at these for years. Mm, how they take me back. Here, recognize this one? Hmm? Who's that? Clifford? Henry. Don't even know your own children. Hmm. Pretty hard to tell from baby pictures. Is it Hazel? Oh, good heavens. It's not a girl. That's Paul at six months. Oh, <laughs> Yes, yes. <laughs> oh, I think it's a precious picture. I almost hate to part with it. What are you talking about, Fanny? What are you going to do with those pictures, anyway? Well, maybe this is silly. But I thought I'd get a lot of Paul's pictures together and give them to Christine after they're married. Don't you think it'd be nice? Well, when we have her over here, you might ask her. That would be the simplest thing. I think she'll just love them. Your mother gave me some pictures of you when we were married, and I wouldn't take anything for them. You know... The ones I have up in our bedroom. <laughs> oh, oh, I had forgotten this one. Look, Henry, this was taken when Paul had his first pair of short pants. Remember? Yes. Oh, oh. <laughs> there's yours taken down there on Mason Street. <laughs> All those pearl buttons down the side of his pants. <laughs> oh, remember how proud he was of those. He's got a serious look in his face. Well, you'd just gotten after him because he wouldn't stand still. <laughs> Poor little tyke. Was almost on the point of tears. You could be pretty severe at times, you know. <laughs> had to make him stand still or you wouldn't have had his picture. <laughs> this, this fur skin rug they had over the stand here made him itch, he said. Oh, yes. Here, let me take it and put it in with the others I'm saving out to give to her. Yeah, I hope it won't embarrass Paul giving Christine these pictures of him. Do you think it will? Don't tell him. Well, now, that's a good idea. Then she can show them to him someday. Now, let's see. I think I'll give her one of these in uniform. How about this one, Henry? This is when he got home from France. My, how black his hair was. <laughs> that's the cane you gave him. He limped so badly then, poor dear. <laughs> Seems pretty happy to me now. Yes. Isn't it wonderful that he found someone at last? Yes, yes. And that we came to our senses. We've got to do everything we can to make her welcome, Henry. I thought of stopping in at her house today on my walk, but I thought I'd better wait until I had consulted Paul. Yes, I think we should. He got out this morning before I could see him. I was going to talk to him about it then. Uh, did he go to the airport today? He said something about flying somewhere. Doesn't usually go on Sunday. Well, he expected to be home this afternoon. You can talk to him when he comes in. The sooner we do something about Christine, the better. It's going to be a bit awkward with that brother of hers, Fanny. Something sinister about that fellow. I, I don't like the look in his eyes. Well, maybe after we get to know Where him. Where is everybody? We're in here, Clifford, the library. Okay. Oh, I love the gay, exuberant way Clifford comes in. It's about time that boy was finding a job. Henry. Hiya, kids. What you doing? Hello, Clifford. Well, I'm Dad. What you been up to today? Oh, I've been over to Claude. Any word from Nicholas yet? No, not yet. I don't understand it. Well, it can't be that he's being neglectful. He's too conscientious. Well, if anything had happened to him, we would have heard, Henry. He has relatives over there. Yeah, I told her that. Well, I've communicated with our embassy over there. Huh? Wasn't that our doorbell? Yeah, I'll go see who it is. 
What in the world? Can't be one of the children. The door's unlatched. They'd walk right in. Well, somebody wanted to sell a subscription to some magazine, probably. On Sunday? Well, they're apt to depend on, on any time. Hope Clifford gets rid of him. Don't read half the magazines we take now. <laughs> Who was it, Clifford? It was a telegram for Paul. Telegram? What did you do with it? I left it on the table by the door. <laughs> Didn't think I was going to open it, did you, Dad? Hmm. Hmm. Telegrams always worry me a little. Oh, hey, what's this? All these pictures and old family albums. You cleaning out one of the closets? No. No, I was just sorting out some family pictures. I thought it'd be nice to give some of these pictures of Paul to Christine. Oh, that's well, Ma. You think she'd really like them? She'd be tickled to death. Let me see some of them. Oh, <laughs> you sure are old-fashioned looking. These are the ones you're giving her? Yes, I put those aside. I haven't finished going all through them yet. I may find some more. Oh, they're marvelous. You ought to give her one of you and Dad, too. You got one there? Oh, she wouldn't want one of us, Clifford. Well, why not? Sure she would. So would Paul. Gosh, he'd want a picture of you to show to his son, wouldn't he? Huh? Certainly, they'll be having a baby. Don't you think they'll want a picture to show him of his grandparents? Yes, yes, yes. Let, let's pick one out there. I just can't picture Paul with a baby of his own somehow. Well, why not? Make a wonderful father. Well, I know that, Henry. I just said I couldn't picture it. Yes, sir. Henry Barber II. Huh? If we have a boy, I bet that's what his name will be. Henry Barber II. <laughs> would you like that, Dad? <laughs> Probably name him Paul. It'd be nice to have a Henry Barber II. Oh, uh, can you read the phone there, Clifford? Yeah. Hello? Oh, hi, Hazel. How's things? Oh, good, huh? Yeah? Yeah, she's sitting right here beside me. Just a second. Come on. Thank you. Hello, Hazel. Oh, that's fine. Oh, we're sitting here talking. I've been going through some old albums. <laughs> yes, and we've had more pleasure looking at these old pictures, dear father. that picture on a white fur rug. You did? I want to see it. Mom. On the phone, Pinky. Hmm? No, we're holding down the fort. Dan took Hank and Margaret out for a ride. Yes, such a nice day. Hmm? Mom? What is it, Pinky? I'll wait you through. Sorry. What's that, Mother? Oh, I'm sure we'd like to. Some of us, anyway. All right. We'll drop in right after supper. Bye. Sorry to interrupt, Mom. Well, that's all right. Here's that Stanford catalog I was looking for. Look, they even have a golf course at Stanford. Did you know that? Yes, I did, Pinky. Well, the tuition isn't so high. Doesn't seem high to you, maybe. You think in millions. But Dan and I use real money, you know. We have to watch pennies. If you and Dan can't quite swing it, well, I'll make some money. Oh, good. Tell you the way I feel about it. Uh, have you got a minute? So you really want to go to Stanford next year, Pinky? Hmm. Seems odd when the rest of us went to California. Uncle Jack went to Stanford, didn't he? Yeah. Okay. Shattered the precedent, didn't he? How did he happen to do it? I'm trying to think. Something about the law office, I guess. Gosh. The only smart thing I ever heard of him doing, going to Stanford. Pinky, what a thing to say about your uncle. Oh, Mom. Now, look. I'm old enough to express an opinion. Oh, I'll be a college man next year. You and Dad don't seem to realize that. I'll try to keep it in mind. I like Uncle Jack fine. That's good. With just his timing's always been bad. His what? His timing. Oh. It's always way off. You know where he went wrong on his timing? Right 
smack in the beginning. He got married too soon. He should have waited until he had some dough. Until he was solidly established. I see. Sure. You make one little mistake in your timing and well, you're back of the eight ball the rest of your life. His children came too fast. I'd like to be as self-assured as you are, Pinky. For instance, if he'd used any judgment, he'd have known he might have twins anyhow. And then the triplets wouldn't have been such a surprise to him. How do you arrive at that? Well, there's Uncle Cliff and Aunt Claudia and Hank and me. Twins run in the family. Now, I'm going to be prepared for it to happen to me. How? I'm going to be all set before I get married. Suppose you fall in love the way your Uncle Jack did. Well, I'm going to steal myself against falling in love. Unless the girl's loaded. Oh, Pinky. What's the matter? I hate to think what you'll have to go through before you find out what the real values are. <laughs> if money isn't a real value, tell me a better one. Oh, there are dozens. Courage and character and self-reliance and honesty, to name a few. <laughs> That's abstract, Mom. Let's be practical. I'll get it. Yes? Hi. Hmm? Yeah, sure. Right. Okay, come on over. Now, there's a perfect example of what I was talking about. Who was it? Joan. Uncle Jack borrowed two volumes of their encyclopedia. He put off returning them, and now with Sharon's chicken pox, Joan can't go over there. Lousy timing, you see. Pinky, I want you to stop being critical of your elders. I was just making a few observations. Just remember that experience may revise your judgment. Joan's coming over here, is that it? Yep. I'll bet she's going to go to Vassar, Smith, or Wellesley, huh? Some eastern school. I don't know, I'm sure. Mm, she can afford it. Say, Mom. Yes? When did Joan come into all that dough that Grandmother Roberts left her? I suppose you mean, when does she inherit her estate? Yes. And she's 21, I believe. Why? Oh, I don't know. Fate certainly gives things a twist. What does a pretty girl like Joan need with all that money? To catch a fortune hunter, maybe. <laughs> now you're kidding me. You know what I'd do if I had a fortune like that? I'd invest it in oil. Why, well, I bet I could double it in a couple of years. Really? Why, get me one of those little British cars with the right-hand drive, you know. Any guy driving down to Stanford with one of those would be in. In what? Mm, in the right fraternity, things like that. Pinky, you worry me. You really do. Why? Well, where did you get all these snobbish ideas of yours, the right fraternity, getting in? Mom, the world has changed since you went to school. Now, let's get right down to bedrock here. You'd better stop dreaming. I don't know whether you can go to Stanford or any other college. With two of you ready for college next year, you both may have to help out a little. You'll find yourself in a white jacket working in a drugstore or in overalls mowing people's lawns, and that isn't abstract either. That's practical. Okay, I'm willing to. Look at the money I made last summer. I'd be glad to. Where is it? I, I got value for it. But you spent it. You didn't invest it in oil, nor did you double it. No. If I may use your own language, you blew it. A very immature performance for a financial genius, if I may say so, my son. I got value for it, though. Is that your best argument? That's Joan, I guess. I'll get it. I'd like to talk about this some more sometime. I'd love it. We'll spend hours at it. Oh, hi, Pinky. 
Do you know anything about the word arabesque? Arabesque? I thought so. Neither did I. The dictionary doesn't tell me enough. Oh, hello, Hazel. Hello, Jill. How are you? Our encyclopedia is right there on the lower shelves. I'll get it. Oh, thanks, Pinky. Well, isn't that a new jacket? Mm-hmm. Do you like it? Mm-hmm. Any news from Nikki? Mm, not yet. Oh, uh, there may be some simple, reasonable explanation. I know, but it just isn't like Nikki. Here you are. Arabesque. Oh, good. That's exactly what I want. We're supposed to write a 5,000-word short story. I'm going to do one about a ballet dancer. Where are you going to school next year, Joan? Let me guess. Uh, Vassar? Oh, don't be silly. Smith? Hmm. Yeah? Of course not. I'm going to California where Paul went. And you did too, didn't you, Hazel? Mm-hmm, we all did. All but Uncle Jack. He went to Stanford. And that's where I'm going. It's more of a gentleman's school. I don't know. The Stanford type on the West Coast is kind of like the Princeton type in the East, don't you think? I wouldn't know, Pinky. I like the fraternities at Stanford. I've met some of the boys. I think fraternities and sororities are silly and snobbish. I don't want any part of it. Huh? No, I don't, really. Paul told me about some kids, perfectly good kids, who practically died because they weren't pledged to something or the other. They're darned undemocratic. That's what I think. Well, you'll have plenty of time to think it over before next fall. That brings us right back to what I was telling you, Mom. Timing. Everything depends on a guy's timing. Oh, dear. There, now that's finished. I'm sure Christine won't want any more pictures than that. Clifford, would you like to put these albums away for me? Oh, yes, sure, Ma. In that cabinet over there. Lower shelf. Okay. I'll just put these I've saved out here in this dresser, I guess. Now, don't let me forget where these are now, will you, Henry? Mm. Well, this cabinet comes pretty close to being full. I know. There are a lot of things in there I'm going to get rid of. Just haven't got around to it. Last time you got in one of your cleaning moves, you burned several things I wanted to keep. Well, if I didn't get in and throw out some of the accumulation every so often, we wouldn't be able to move around in this house. Hmm, Paul must be home. Heard the front door. Oh, tell him we're in here, Clifford. Hey, Paul, come on in the library. Okay. Now, don't say anything about the pictures. I want it to be a surprise. We won't. Hiya, Paul. Ah, well, this looks very pleasant. <laughs> Paul, dear. Well, I've been at the airport, eh, Paul? That's right, Dan. Well, it seems a shame you have to go down there on Sunday. Been good for you to rest the day you look tired. Oh, I'm fine. Uh, uh, Paul, we were talking about when we could have Christine over. Now, we didn't want to make any definite plan until we discussed it with you. Uh, we didn't know whether you'd prefer to have a family dinner with everybody here. Just or... the grown-ups, of course, not the children. Hmm. If you had all the kids here, Christine would have the screaming memes before the party was over. <laughs> <laughs> or do you think it would be better to have her over first for an afternoon tea so she... Well, that's wonderful, Dad, but I... I, I was telling your mother I nearly paid her a call this afternoon. I was taking a walk, and as I went by her house... Well, what I was going to tell you was that she had to leave town last night. Oh. Huh? Hey, nothing wrong, is it? Well, apparently it was something that came up rather suddenly. That was Chris who phoned last night just before dinner. I was going over there after dinner, and she called to say that she and Rex were leaving. Leaving for where, Paul? I don't know. Huh? Said they were making arrangements and that she'd call again if she possibly could before they left. She didn't, so I guess she didn't have time. That sounds like something serious. Had something to do with Rex. I wanted to go over, but she said they'd be gone before I got there. Yes, yes. Oh, say, I forgot. There's a wire came for you. Oh, where is it? 
There's probably some word from her, Paul. Oh, throw on the table over the door. I'll get it. No, no, I'll get it, Cliff. We've got to go upstairs and brush up a bit anyway. <laughs> Grimy. Well, thanks. Just the same. Uh, Paul. Yes? Uh, you let us know if there's anything we can do. Oh, thanks, Dad. No, it'll work out okay, I think. What in the world do you think could have happened? It's that throne. I said from the beginning that man couldn't be trusted. Mm, take it easy now, Dad. Let's wait till we find out what's what. Oh, that's right, Henry. Yeah, I got it. Hello. What? Who is it, Clifford? Oh, no. Huh? <laughs> Just a second, Betty. Hey, Jack's got the chicken pox. Oh, for heaven's sake. Chicken Is he broken out? Yeah. But didn't he have chicken pox when he was a boy? Ah, <laughs> yeah. I can't remember whether he had them or not. Okay, Betty, I'll tell her. Couldn't have them more than once, will you? Well, tell him to take it easy. <laughs> okay, bye. Oh, what do you know? Poor Jack, always something. Well, I'm going over there and see if I can't help out. Mom, Betty told me to tell you that they were getting along fine and for you not to come over. Yes, yes, I'm not very sick, I am. Just the same, I think. No, Mom, she's fine. Betty said the only thing that was bothering was that he'd he'd have to miss bowling Wednesday night and something about a speech he was going to make somewhere. (laughs) Probably all end up with it over there. Brother, what a hassle. I wonder if Paul went up to his studio. Oh, yeah, he said he was going to clean up a bit. Oh, I do hope there wasn't bad news in that wire. What a strange business about the phones leaving in such a hurry. I think I'll run up there and see if everything's okay. I wish you would, Clifford. Yes, sir. If it had been anything serious, he'd have come and told us. Uh, you let us know, Clifford. Yeah, okay, then. What do you suppose could have happened to make Christine leave so suddenly, Henry? Yes, Froome. Did Paul say Mr. Froome was sick? No, I imagine Clifford or Paul will be down shortly. As Clifford said, it couldn't be anything very serious, or Paul would have come in and told us. Oh, I was just going to come on downstairs, Cliff. Yeah, we were kind of worried you might have had some bad news in that telegram. Oh, yeah, well, I'd better go down and tell Mom and Dad about it. Oh, was the wire from Christine? Yeah. Well, uh, everything okay? I'll read it to you. I got it right here. Paul Darling... Sudden departure imperative. Rex in very neurotic state. Had to get away from Seacliff. Hey, do you suppose he's gone a little screwy? Um, have accepted concert tour. What? Thought it advisable under circumstances. I'll keep Rex with me ostensibly as manager to keep him occupied. I'm in Los Angeles. Flying to Dallas to play first engagement there. I'm desolate over separation... But our whole future was endangered if I remained in San Francisco with Rex in his present state. Gosh. Is that all she said? Some more there. Here, you can read it. In his present state. Believe me, I love you, Paul. I will never cease to love you. I pray that we will be together before too long and can go through with our marriage. To be Mrs. Paul Barber is what I want in life most desperately. Letter follows, I love you, Paul Darning Chris. Well, looks to me like it's only a question of getting that Rex character straightened out and everything will be okay, Paul, huh? Yeah. I think we'd better go downstairs. I don't want to keep Mom and Dad in suspense. Yeah, sure. Oh, um, Paul, it's going to be all right. You know that, fella. Yeah, yeah, sure, Cliff. Sure, and that's what we want to impress on Mom and Dad, huh? After all, the old boy will be 75 here pretty quick, and we certainly don't want any kind of cloud hanging over the place when his birthday rolls around. Yeah. Um, not that there is a cloud, you understand? It's, it's just that, well, let's make him and Mom believe the sun is shining a little brighter than it is, maybe. Huh? <laughs> 
You've just heard Chapter 5, Book 73 of One Man's Family. Written and produced under the direction of Carlton E. Morse. Chapter 6, entitled Events Leading Up to a Celebration, will come to you next week at this same time. What's on NBC today? Bill Harris and Alice Faye start the comedy rolling today. And three great stars, Celeste Holm, Francho Tone, and Lee Bowman, keep comedy as the key to good listening on the Theater Guild on the Air presentation of Dulcie. You'll hear entertainment, and you'll agree. The best radio listening is on NBC. One Man's Family comes to you from California. Coming up, it's the Quiz Kids. Stay tuned to NBC. This is One Man's Family. One Man's Family is dedicated to the mothers and fathers of the younger generation and to their bewildering offspring. Today we present Chapter 6, Book 73, entitled Events Leading Up to a Celebration. It's late evening now, a clear, wintry California evening. And here in Seacliff, San Francisco, the streets are hushed and empty, the windows darkened, the curtains drawn. But there's a cheerful fire still burning in the fireplace in Henry Barber's library, and the head of the House of Barber is sitting in his favorite chair with a big book on his knee, deeply absorbed. Fanny, his wife, is thumbing through a garden magazine. They've forgotten how late it is. Why, Henry, it's 11.30. Yes. I say it's way past bedtime, Henry. Yes. If you're tired tomorrow, you'll be grumpy. Yes, yes, Fanny. Of all the nonsensical bullshit. What in the world are you reading, anyway? No. Sitting there muttering. You're talking to yourself, Henry. Do you realize that? Fanny, you would think, wouldn't you, that in a book of quotations listing everything that has been said about age, you'd think that somebody sometime would have made a cheerful remark, eh? Wouldn't you think so? A cheerful remark about old age, Henry? Page after page of this sort of nonsense. Now, listen to this. I am in the prime of senility. What? Yeah, prime of senility. Fourteen pages of that kind of mishmash. Yeah, listen to this one. Old trees have withered tops. And this. To an old cat give a tender mouse. Yeah. Well, I've got my own teeth. They don't need to worry about that. That book disturbed you so. How do you read it? Mm, look at this picture in the magazine, Henry. Look. Here. Hmm? See? A garden wedding. Isn't it beautiful? Oh. And isn't she the loveliest bride? Uh, well, those are just ordinary red ramblers. What? I say, those are just ordinary rambler roses. I wasn't talking about the roses, Henry. I was thinking how nice it would be to have a garden wedding if Paul and Christine get married in the spring. Hmm? We could have a professional photographer come and... Get some color pictures like this for ourselves. Yes, yes. I'm going to suggest it. When I meet Christine, I'm going to tell her how lovely our girl. Emily, written and produced under the direction of Carlton E. Morse. Chapter 7, entitled, A Day for Jubilation, will come to... <laughs>
Nobody gonna call tonight. I think you're fibbing. Did I hear the phone? Yet? I did hear the phone. But Ann, 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 they hit the last Saturday of the month. So if you want to get your name in the drawing, you better call tonight. And I have got a nifty, nifty doohickey. I hope to tell you, I got one for me uh-huh. and one for, and I have to decide which one I need to give away. I think I already know. <laughs> Because <laughs> I've got two different kinds, and I don't want to open the boxes, but um, one of them is just a little bit bigger, and it looks like it might be easier to operate, and I'll tell you what it is in just a minute. Hello there. You're on the air. Uh, I want to hear what's in the box. You want to hear what's in the box? Name that box. box in, in two Let's notes. Open Na- that box. Yeah, name that <laughs> box in two notes. <laughs> name that box. Well, Ron, I was just thinking about you a couple of minutes ago, and I never told you. Well, I never told you something that I want to tell you. Uh oh. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Wait, I'm sitting down. Go ahead. Okay. 
Walden and I have been together for what, Walden, about three and a half years? On the air consistently? Yeah. Yes. Close to three and a half years. Okay. Yeah. Ron, you were the first person I talked with on the phone when Walden and I first started. Really? Really. You were the first caller. It was very slow going in the early days, but gosh, you were right there, and you called in and said hi, and you were the very first person I ever talked to. Oh, my gosh. Well, that, that's really thrilling, because a lot of times when I talk to the person the first time, they don't want to talk to me at all <laughs> after the second. Well, now you've got somebody in your corner. Well, you know, Patricia, this show really has evolved, hasn't it, if you think about it? Oh, my goodness, yes. Could you turn everybody, including you, down a little bit? Uh-huh, I can do that. Just turn a little to, bit. Turn that down. It we'll... has evolved, because um, we, we started out kind of just Between... being here with what with um, Saber McGee and Molly. Yep, we were going to sure set up radio shows and... Mm-hmm. You know. We always had two shows to play yep. and a little bit of chitty chat in between. And Ron was the very first person who ever called the two of us together. Well, if you didn't walk to your mailbox, you had better go on Monday because I'm sure the the goodies are waiting for you in the box, and the emaciated ponies are going to get skinnier if you don't go at least by Monday. Okay. Those poor ponies. We must confuse people with ponies. <laughs> we talked, we started talking about the Pony Express bringing um, Ron's CDs to Hawaii. And from there, we kind of worked into ponies and now we have to feed the ponies. And so it's become our shtick and probably confused the dickens out of people. So, so how are you doing? We get these waterlogged ponies. <laughs> because they have to swim, the poor thing. <laughs> ponies don't fly. Hawaii, you know, and and my 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 wife used to tell me, what is what is she talking about feeding the ponies? What are you talking about? You know. So I had to give her a little synopsis of how we got into this. How we got to the pony? Yeah. Now she's with it now. Oh, she's it. Oh, okay. All right, that's good. She understands everything, and she understands the jargon. And by the way, I I realized I didn't tell you this, but you know, um, when I sent you the uh, email, it was um, I I dictated it to Siri on my iPhone, and I realized that if I don't tell the iPhone to put a period or comma or question mark. The words were running to one long, long, long sentence with no punctuation, no nothing. So if you look at it, you think, my gosh, Ron doesn't know he went to put a period. (laughs) I know you went to school. (laughs) That's funny. That's funny. Well, you know, um, we have an awful lot of people out there who send emails like that routinely. So... I'm very accustomed to finding where the periods and the commas should go, and that's the way I read them. So. Patricia can break the code. <clears throat> yeah, I cracked the code. I can imagine Patricia saying, he must have flunked English or, or something. <laughs> he, he flunked punctuation. Punctuation. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Ron, he couldn't pass punctuation. Hey, Walden, you know, I got a new amp on my iPhone. Yeah. Nineteen ninety nine. But here's the here's the thing, Walden. Okay. It's called At Bat, okay? 
Okay. Okay. A T B A T. And what it is, it gives you all. You can listen to any national or American League baseball game wherever it's played, home or away. Wow. And you know, that means I get every game. Wow. On my iPhone. I think um, Roy and Larry probably John, about this. John Larry, yeah, probably do. It's a, but you know what I was thinking, Walter? We don't have any more memorable sportscasters like we did with Mel Allen, Ray Popper, uh, and D.D. Dean, Al Helper, all these different people that have, you know, I think the one that we like, who are uh, memorable, they have been around for a while. You know, like Ben Skelly, things like that's that. But you're talking about somebody that's been new within the last 10 years or so. Yeah. I haven't really heard anybody. They right. seem to be very vanilla. Yeah, because when I, when I go to the website, it's like, I want to hear uh, Detroit. I mean, I don't know the sports cast, so I don't right. recognize the names, you know? Right. But, you know, when you listen to all that baseball thing that Patricia said, they're memorable sportscasters. I mean, all of them you recognize, you know? Yeah. And colorful. Even I enjoy them, but please don't tell anybody, okay? We won't. We won't tell, Thank uh, you. tell a word. If, if, if Patricia sent us the sportscasters from 91 to 2013, we probably wouldn't even re re really recognize well, uh, somebody pointed out, and I think it's true, who really, and I think our friend Jim pointed this out, in the last 30 years or so, who would really be collecting the, what's been on the air over the last 30 years or so? It's yeah. been very vanilla in a lot of cases. So we don't have, yeah. like, remember people like Jack Buck. Remember Jack I sure do. Yeah. I mean, those people are just, just icons. They're legendary mm -hmm. sportscasters. Well, and also, let's face it, sports announcers, uh, the locals, adopted them. And it wouldn't be a summer without hearing Jack Bucks in St. Louis or the L.A. fans hearing Vince Scully. Yeah, I mean... Uh, or Harry Carey. Yes, Harry Carey. How am I doing? I you, got one. You got one. <laughs> All right. I'll be quiet now. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, so I was just... You're absolutely right. I I miss. I grew up in L.A. and with the Angels. I remember in the middle of seventy when Dick Emberg, Dick Emberg, right, and Don Greigel was the two baseball announcers. Uh, right, and Dick Emberg really well, is a legend. Yeah, you know? yeah. Dick Emberg, he did good. He he did football also with the Rams. Yeah, Rams. That's with the Rams. <laughs> and you don't you don't hear. Well, of course on TV. I mean, there's. The legend Al Michaels, he's, he's going to be a legend. Mm -hmm. uh, and there's some on TV that... Well, uh, Bob, who, who's the guy that used to be NBC? Uh, NBC, who? Uh, Bob, the one that had to, used to do the radio, the talk radio. I know, yeah, yeah, Bob, I know, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, right. Yeah, and he th he's very good. Huh? Um, Austin. Yes, I think he's uh, very good. Yeah. But, you know, I think you have a good point. Um... I feel that way. I really feel that way with a lot of talk radio too. I I feel we have missed the personalities. Yeah, you remember Joe Pine? Yes. Other people on KLAC and stuff. Yep. They're legendary people, and 
And in New York, you had from Barry Gray. I mean, KFI had some good ones. Yeah, you had Barry Gray in New York, right, Patricia? Uh-huh. And Barry Farber. Barry Farber. Yeah. And, oh, gosh, there were a couple. Ray Breen. Ray Breen out here in L.A. Yeah. I mean, he, um, Michael Jackson, you remember the guy, Michael Jackson? Yep, yep. KBC. Yeah. KBC in the morning. Legendary people, you know. You, you don't, you don't, you really cannot, you know, talk about, well, of course, there's, uh, what's it, that guy's name that is a Republican, very controversial. Um, Rush Limbaugh? Him? Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. But I guess I miss, uh, I miss radio, because I think in a lot of ways you have a lot more variety and than what it does now. I miss radio terribly, and it's portable on top of it. It's very difficult to have a portable television. You know, even even though you get streaming on from the Internet, you can't drive and you can't work and you can't do things while you're watching television. But you can do that with radio. Well, then can you turn way down, way down, way down? I mean, it, it really is super loud tonight. Hello there, hello there. On both hello sides. There. Hello there, hello there. Is that better? Is this better for Patricia? Well, you really are way down. <laughs> Hello there. Hello there. Work your way back up. You want me to go back up? You want to count? One, two, three, four, five, One, six, two, three. seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, Good. fourteen. Right there. Oh. Okay, now, Ron, you count. How? Count. Ten, nine, eight. Oh, okay. Let's see. I I don't know how to make punctuations, but I, I think I can count. One, two, three. Keep going. Four, five, keep on going. Six, seven. One more, more. Eight, nine, ten. Do you want me to stop? Eleven. You're going in the opposite direction. You want him up? Okay, count yeah. again, Ron. Okay, yeah. count me up. Okay, I'll stand up. One, yep. two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Come on, twelve. Perfect. Harder. Okay. Perfect. Stop. Um, you remember? You remember? Lynn now he's. He, you you missed it. Just down two more notches. I'm sorry. Oh yeah. All right. You remember? Okay. Lindsay, I'm sorry, Ron. You remember Lindsay Nelson? I sure do. That's he, 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 even if they did um, Giant Space or whatever, you know the names. Lindsay Nelson also did old time radio. He he uh, we do stuff for the armed forces. We have him on some baby snook material. And he spoke in the front of Old Time Radio Convention. Oh, really? Yeah. That's a, that's a, we don't have those legendary people that we can really reminisce and talk about. Well, anyway, I'm going to cut you off because I know a lot of people call around this time. But let me yes. just say this. Patricia, make sure you go to the mailbox on Monday. Okay. Call me with, with punctuation to let me know that she, she did get it. And... Um, and I'm sure you'll enjoy them and stuff like that. So we will be listening. And if well, I I have a little bit of a problem before you go. I never got an email from you. Huh? I never got an email from you. you no, no, you, you did. When I talked to you on Wednesday, you remember you 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 you. Uh, you said you received my email about the pony leaving Hawaii. Oh, oh, well, that was fine. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't miss any punctuation in that. I thought, my goodness. Okay. All right, you can go now. Punctuation. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Ron. Oh dear, it's going to be a long night. 
I for everybody else. It's coming. It's, it's going to be a joyful long night, <laughs> and I'll be listening. And good luck to the two of you. Aloha. <laughs> good luck. <laughs> oh, I think you better send me to bed or my room or something. Seven one four. Put a one before that. Five four five two zero seven one. Give us a call. When we get giggling, you know we're having a good time. Seven one four five four five two zero seven one. Hello there, you're on air. Greetings from the Great White North. You are are you warm up there? Oh God, I had to break out the air conditioner. It got so hot today. Uh oh. What do you think, Patricia? We, we got up to sixty three degrees. Gary, it went to sixty three. Are you gonna stop it there? Are you gonna? You're gonna you're gonna put in your permanent order of sixty three in Wisconsin or are you willing to take the chance and go up? I would love it to stay there, but no, it'll get up into the eighties. Oh dear. You poor thing. I know. How you doing? This is Gary. Yes, this is. Yes. And we have to say that every once in a while. Nolan, I talked to Nolan Kenner the other day. And he mentioned that I have been forgetting to say periodically who we're talking with. You know, if somebody comes in in the middle of a conversation, they don't know. So, yeah. this is Gary from Wisconsin. Gary, wave to the people. I'm waving. Okay. There's there. There, Gary, everybody. All right. <laughs> yeah, um, I have a, um, I have a, uh, well... We just had our last one on Thursday, but we, I've had a Bible study that I kept. I went to every Thursday night, uh-huh. and they are on the north side of town, and uh, there's uh, they've got some little ponds around around them, and not too far from the the uh, Wisconsin River, and uh, we made a big. And, and upon this discovery, we knew that spring was here. We All the peepers were out peeping up. So in other words, you didn't see no more ice? Well, no, there's still lots of ice out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, I had a friend who just went ice fishing just last night. So, uh... Have you... Uh, there's, Patricia, are we going to go ice fishing when we visit Gary in Wisconsin? Of course. Yeah. Of course. I'm going to sound a little crackly until I get situated here. Okay. Um, I, I'm getting my brains blown out on the other phone, and I know that this one is is a problem. Well, you want me to drop, it, want me to drop us again? Yeah, um, I'm going to switch back to the other phone, so I'm just going to be making noises here. Don't worry about me. Oh, I'll great. be fine. You know, Patricia's had the most delicate ears in the family, everybody, so we haven't it figured this out. Like that. Uh, yeah, you know, she's the only one... She's the only one in our family that is, is a minus 13 below, and it's still too hot. There you go. That is perfect for you. I Okay, well, practically I'm shut off. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> and now we're going to test Gary. All right, Gary, you have to count for Patricia. Okay, well, um, uh, down. peepers. Peepers are the, the little, uh, uh, little frog, <laughs> if you didn't know that. Keep going, Gary. Um, He's completely it, off. I am completely well, off. Maybe that's how come I can't hear him, huh? Well, if you can't hear me, then I... It's going to be a long night for you. 
Keep going. Hello, Gary, hello. are you talking to me? One, two, five, seven. Hello, hello, hello. Yes, keep, keep going. You want to start counting from one to ten? Okay, one to ten, one to ten. A little lower. Eight, five, four, three, one, seven, nine. Are you counting? Eight. Yeah. Yes, I'm counting. I'm here. I think it's his phone, Walden. <laughs> my phone? <laughs> Sorry. My phone. My phone. We'll, we'll just give it a whirl. I have a perfect phone. I don't know. Are you are you there, Gary? I'm still here. Oh my goodness! What did you do to the poor man? Hello. <laughs> I'm still here. You can't hear me. I can. I hear you fine. You can hear me. I can hear you just fine. fine. Yeah. Okay. Just, you know. I was getting panicky there. I know. <laughs> you can't hear me. I want to be heard. I know. I know. Would you Would you call back when when I wake up? I think I've gone deaf. Who blew your ear out, me? Hello? I think you're being cruel. Oh. Who's being cruel? All right, you're fine. Where is Gary? I'm he's, still here. He's still talking. I'm still talking. You want to turn him up so I can hear him? Oh, okay. Cruel to you. There you go. Oh, stop. Who's stop. cruel to you, Thank Patricia? You. How old am I? No, and, and who is being cruel to you? <laughs> See what happens when he messes up the phone and my ears get hurt and then I can't understand what people are saying. Um, he's being cruel to me because he shut off the conversation and expected me to talk with people like you. Well, he shut me off. He could hear everything and talk to you and you could hear everything and talk to him, but I couldn't hear either one of you. Your ESP is not working? <laughs> He's a blue world. They are now. He's got all the buttons. I don't have any buttons. I'd feel I feel robbed. I, I would complain to Bill and say, "Hey, give me some buttons." Yeah. yeah. I think it's a chauvinistic thing myself, but yeah, I'll just I'll just sit here and wait behave. a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Don't I don't, have spoken. Don't, don't don't the family feel that Patricia has it really easy? I get to, <laughs> I get to play with all the buttons and right. She just stand there and. Cook and do nothing. For, cook, and just, cook breakfast for everybody? Yeah, just sit and listen. Yeah. Yeah, uh -huh. I can well, do that. Okay, so what's going on up we, there besides warm weather? Well, we did have sunshine today. Whoa. You are in the big time, aren't you? It was, it was really getting scary there. Um, in fact, they're, they're talking possibly 70s tomorrow. But then uh, I'm not going to tell you the bad news come next week when we're supposed to drop back down into the 30s. I thought wow. you weren't going to tell me. Oh, did I say that out loud? I guess so. Sorry. Good grief. Oh, this is going, you guys are just against me tonight. I know, I know, and I'm not paranoid. When people are really against you, it's not paranoia. How do you know? Well, you, I don't know. I read that someplace one time. You, 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 you believe, paranoia is you, paranoia, but then sometimes it's just the facts of life. Did you believe well, it? You if, believe they're, it? if they're really after you, it's not. But, <laughs> but you believe everything you read? On the Internet? Of course. Oh, okay. You know that. I everything only, on the Internet is true. I read it as long as it's true. Yeah. You I, can't put it on the Internet if true, it's I don't not believe. true. Yeah, I, I like Gary's statement. I believe everything that I know that's true is true. That's pretty good. We're we're a little off tonight. It's it's going to be a very long night. Okay, Gary, we have a theme tonight, and Walden, 
You're the guinea out. pig. You are the guinea pig on this one, Gary. You're, you're the guinea All pig. Right. What recipe did your mom prepare that you can't duplicate or you just don't get or when you try it just doesn't taste the same? Oh. Jimmy Crickets. Um. Oh, I would, I would have to say goulash. Goulash. What did she put in it? Uh, the kitchen sink. Mm-hmm. Everything. <laughs> I know there's, um, uh, I know beef was cut up and put in there. There was green beans in there. There was sour cream in there. And a couple of dozen other things was all inside that, and I, I, w I wish I would have asked her before she died so I could have got the recipes, but, but, uh, it sounds, it sounds almost like, um, a stew. Was it like a stew? Well, yeah, it's, it's like a stew. Uh-huh. But it, uh, <clears throat> it's just, it's called goulash. I mean, if you're... Czechoslovakian or uh, yeah, I love goulash. Polish or German, you know, uh -huh. all of that, that that area. That's a that's a normal meal. I love goulash, but I don't like it when it's when you when you're cooking it. Seems like when you cook cook it, the ingredients smell bad. But once yeah. it's on once on the table, it's just perfect. Hmm. That would be the same thing with uh, a Vietnamese dish called kimchi. That stuff stinks until you eat it. <laughs> well, gee whiz. How, how do you get a food... How do you eat a food that smelled so bad when it was cooking? Why would you be willing to eat it? Okay, by the time you're on the table, it doesn't have the smell. Ah, no. okay. All right. I understand what you mean. It's uh -huh. like, okay, okay. There are some vegetables that when they're cooked together, the the scent or the odor that they put out don't seem to go together. Right, the gases. And some of them are very strong, too. Right, right. And goulash, for me, is one of those type of meals. Mm-hmm. Now, cooking celery, any way you want to do it, Celery that's cooking smells terrible to me, but it's okay when it's all finished and it's part of the dish. So I understand what you're telling me. Okay, I got it figured out. It takes me a while sometimes. Especially when you're so, half asleep, when you're not quite awake yet. I know. I'm, I'm afraid it's going to be the whole night. Mm -hmm. Oh, dear. All right, Gary, I have got questions, questions, questions. Um, let me see. I've got some really good... I, I, do you like... Detective shows? Um, some of them, yes. Alrighty. Let's see. We've got some here. Okay, here's one. Here's one. This character, I'm going to name some characters in the show, and you tell me which show it is. And I've, I've even got multiple choice on this one. So automatically I'm going to give it to you. You just have to weed it out. All right. Pat is a character. Sometimes he's called Patsy in the show. Lieutenant Hellman and Jocko. Which show is this? 
Is it Nightbeat, Boston Blackie, Richard Diamond, Private Detective, Pat Novak for Hire? Boston. Boston Blackie. Well, we're down to one out of three. Okay. Uh, Would you like oh, me to read the characters' names again? What was, what was the fourth one again? Uh, the fourth one was Jocko. No, it's the detective series. They're, they're all detective series. Nightbeat, well, Nightbeat had a detective flavor to it. Boston Blackie, which we crossed off, Richard Diamond, and Pat Novak. Okay, let's go with Pat Novak. Oh, wow. Let's go with Pat Novak, especially because the first character in the show was named Pat. Pat, yes. Walden? Yes, my dear. That was your cue to go, oh, yeah. I did, but you, okay. don't, you don't hear me anymore. Is that what the problem is? Oh, it's going to be a long night. My poor ears. I have to get a headset. I mean, a real with a microphone and stuff. That, that, uh, that's what I'm thinking. I, I was thinking, John Larry and I were thinking about the future for Patricia. And I'm thinking Larry has... My future? Yes. You were planning my future without uh -huh. me? No. No, well, we were thinking we want to get you the best equipment possible. We want to get you one of the uh, wireless headset with a microphone on it so yeah. you can walk around. That way yeah, one not, of those. One of those. That's what we figured you should have. And I want, you know, like like over my ears, uh -huh. not in my ears, right? Yeah, over your ears, yes. And then I can hear Gary? Uh, yes. And, and, he, and yeah, and that's I think, cool. And I think it should have okay. one of those volume knobs. So you, besides me turning up and down, you can also turn it up and down yourself, too. Yeah, well, I can turn this up and down, except it's down as far as it will go. Mm. And I can't get it any lower. So when I say you're loud, it's really loud. Okay, Gary. You've got a whole bunch of stuff coming. What what else would you like? Uh, let's go with the uh, the fourth edition of Gunsmoke. Okay, you got it. So I got two and three in there and that'd be four. You've got volume two. I've already put that in your envelope. Volume three, and now you want volume four. You got it. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for Come calling. On. You have yourself a warm night. What, what? Say again, Gary. I'm sorry. I was going to ask you, how many volumes of Gunsmoke do we have? Uh, we have 11 total because one of them has photos and interviews and biographies. So that that's the last one. But uh, 10 CDs with actual season shows. Okay. Do you have a ways to go? Yeah, because it was on, what, 27, 30 years? Uh, that one was on for about 10 years. Nine years, actually. Oh, oh, oh on the radio. Yeah, okay. on the radio, yep. right. On TV, yeah. it was on for 20, 20 years. Oh. And uh, we were... Uh, it's, it's, but again, if more people know, it, it, it took about three years before it was ever accepted onto radio. It took yeah, a while. Um, yeah, I was reading something about it the other day. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Okay. Well, number four, Gunsmoke number four, and you've got a ways to go. Oh. So hang in there. We stay warm later this week. I know it's going to be nice tomorrow, but later in the week, bundle up. Uh, I'll just be sitting here in the house. Not going anywhere? But, no. 
No. Uh, one of the joys of having a bad back, it doesn't let you do very much. So. Gotcha. Well, well one of the go. things that you can do is to stay warm. So, well, I thank you a bunch for calling. You have yourself a safe night and enjoy the weather tomorrow. All righty. All right, Gary. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay. Seven, one, four. Five, four, five. Two, oh. Seven, one. Now, I'm not going to get to give out my New Jersey stuff. You want to do it now? Well, I'll give you um, New Jersey. I'll give you one at a time. New Jersey has the most diners in the world. Huh. It's the diner capital of the world. I never knew that. Hello, Carl. Yeah, hi, guys. It's Ralph. Hey, Ralph. Hey, Ralph. How are you? Oh, pretty good. Uh, uh, I was a little sick there for a few days, but I'm all right now. What happened? Well, I had to uh, I had to have some small surgery. Oh dear! And it didn't it didn't work out right the first time, so I had to have it done again two days later. But uh, oh dear! Time. Hey, <laughs> oh my! I'm well, you got your own troubles. <laughs> you know, you're you're the only Ralph we have, so you need to take better care of yourself. Did they give you a discount on the second surgery? <laughs> I really don't. I really don't know. I wasn't paying that much attention. Oh, you poor guy. I'm sorry. I'm glad you're doing better, but I'm sorry you had to go through that. Boy, one time is bad enough, but having to repeat it. Eek. Yeah, it just didn't, you know, it just didn't work out the first time. But I, I had a real good experience in the hospital. I met I met Florence Nightingale. Oh, that's nice. I, I met the sweetest little nurse she ever ran across. I, I wanted to take her home, but Tony wouldn't let me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, put Tony on the phone. We'll take care of this. <laughs> Too funny. She was just, you know, they have so many people to look after. It's like she was on roller skates. Anytime you wanted her, boom, she was there. Oh, that's nice. I'm really glad that you had a good experience. So many people, it's easy to find people to talk about bad experiences. It's nice to hear that you had a good one. Yeah, well, I, I, you know, if I don't think they're up to par, I don't complain about them. But this one, she was just spectacular. Patricia, she made up for it. All the years you ran a, a hospital, did, did, yeah. did the patient ever send a thank you note? That you saw that, you know, go to one of the nurses that they appreciate just good care. Did you ever see that? I got oh, flowers. Well, this girl's getting flowers. Oh. I got flowers. You did? Yeah. Yeah, I did. I got thank you notes and two people sent me flowers and, you know, I mean, sent them flowers. Didn't just, you know, show up and say, here's a flower. They, they sent flowers. I got roses. How about that? Yeah, I was a good nurse. Yeah, before, Excuse me. I'm sorry. <laughs> go, ahead. go ahead. Well, all yours, Ralph. Go ahead. Yeah, the, the day before I went in the hospital, she won the employee of the month. Now you know and why. You, and you know why. They, 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 they did some, uh, you know, pretty nice things. Uh, uh, 
you know, uh, personal parking spot. And oh, yeah? Then they, they uh, gave me a gift certificate for a uh, dinner at a very nice restaurant, so. So they take care of their employees. That's nice. She was, yeah, mm-hmm. she was very happy. Okay. Anyhow, what's the deal yes. with you two? So, well, I, you know, I keep tripping over people tonight. Something's... Something's really wrong with my ears, Walden. Okay, I stopped talking. Ralph talks. How are you doing other than that? Good. It was, uh, I know you're interested in the weather. It was 88 here today. Whoa! We get summer over here. <laughs> is, that, <laughs> is that unusually warm for this time of the year? Mm, you know, it happens, but... Uh, in the middle of the summer, we'll get 106 around here. Wow. Wow. We're talking with Ralph in California on the northern part that has snow and ice and awful stuff in the wintertime and no oranges, and now it's nice. Wow. Well, well, I, Bill, but I've been sick, so I've been doing the radio show all week, and so we had... Uh, we had Jimmy Rogers, the singer on Thursday night, the one who did Huddy Combs and Oh yeah. Kiss Your Sweetie and Wine. So that, that was fun. And uh Patricia joined me Wednesday and so that's sort of been keeping me busy doing the radio show. What about you, Patricia? I've been trying to keep up with you. I know. I'm a full time job. You're a full time job. My mom my mama keep mailing her boxes. She's gonna have to rearrange her own. Oh no. More? Oh, I think so. Oh, no. Uh, Patricia, you know, each to... time, well, then you have to help me here. Each time somebody asks for something and yeah. I say, gee, I don't think I have that, but I'll find it. It's, it's absolutely in one of these boxes, isn't it? <laughs> Anything. You had to just, just, if you just flag it for me and say it's in one of your boxes, it will get me into them sooner. That's true. And kind of force the issue yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that I have to unpack these. Ralph, I don't know if you've been listening when we talk about this. Walden, uh, the I guess it's Larry Gassman, has transferred Walden's library of CDs onto external hard drives for him. And his mom took the opportunity to pack all of these CDs up and send them to me. So I have... Yeah, I have a living room full of boxes that probably on the inside are signed "Love Walden's Mother," <laughs> and she's so uh, happy to be. Yeah, she's so happy to have them out of his room because she doesn't have to dust them or anything like that. And I'm looking at this, and I'm getting more and more intimidated because each time I go to the mailbox, I've got one of these things in my locker. So. <laughs> That's what we're talking about. So actually, these are the ones Mom is doing, and Larry's working on his stuff too. So when I pick up from Larry, there'll be more. Oh, you're not kidding me, are you? No, you're not joshing. No. Oh, you you're funning with me, right? Mom doing 20 CDs a day just to keep cracking them out for you. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Well, anyway, whatever anybody asks for, I surely have here somewhere. So if I can't find it in the meantime to send to you, it will show up, and I will just keep track of what you have all asked for, as I do very well. 
So, how how are the um, hornets doing? Uh, I haven't even looked at them, but I'm sure they're up there. I know they're up there. It just scares me that you've got That's those things. That's the fact that I'm not fooling with it. Oh, man, when they get fussed up, they go after people. It's not like they, they just fly around the nest and buzz and hum. They go after people, and they stay with you. Yeah, they're terrible. That's a bad thing to not, That's why I'm not messing with them. Oh, man, I hope nothing fusses with them. Oof, that gives me the spooks. Well, Give me the spooks. What what recipe that your mom cooked that you loved that you have not been able to copy since you've been Oh, yeah. Well, you know, she used to take a big old iron skillet, uh, you know, uh, a frying pan sort of thing, and make biscuits in it on top of the stove. Ah, uh, okay. They were killer. They were really great. She kind of, I know she, she'd dollop them in there a little bit, and when they came up, they would uh, they would have little separating lines in them, and you could just bust one off. Uh, now, did she cover the skillet? You know, Patricia, I, I wasn't paying attention. Didn't you know there was going to be a test? No. <laughs> oh, dear. I, I believe she did. And then she made something that we in the family called potato plop-plops. They were potato pancakes. I know what they are. Yeah, she would, she would, she would hand-grate that stuff real fine. And I don't know what all she'd put in it, but they were, they were killers. And you've really. never had any, you've never had any like it since? No. I uh, I don't know uh, where the thing originated, but probably on my father's side. Mm -hmm. Was that part of breakfast or part of dinner? That was an any time thing. Whenever she felt like making them, when I, when I, hey, when I was a kid, uh huh, you'd get up on a ladder outside of the kitchen window, <laughs> and she would pass them out to me. <laughs> What were you doing on a ladder? Eating plop plots. <laughs> oh, you are too funny. Oh yeah, but, that was that was. I think of it now, you know. I say, what the hell? Too funny. Yeah, but that's what I did. I had a little ladder. <laughs> Used to climb up about five or six steps, and I was right at the right at the window near where she cooked. That's funny. That is funny. Yeah. All right. So now there was something I was, oh, oh, the chickens, the chickens. How is Patricia and did you get a Walden? All the, all the chickens are fine and uh, they're giving us all the eggs we need. And, uh, man, I can't believe it. They're like excavators. They dig holes. <laughs> I, never I didn't know chickens, chickens did. I knew they scratched, but I didn't know they dug holes. I'm telling you, like six, eight inches deep, Ooh. and then it, it, they, the whole they lay in there. And one day, all three of them were in the same hole. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. If they maybe it pulls them off or something. I don't. I yeah. don't know. 
if they put their beaks together and figured out the, the, you could lose them. They could figure out that if they dug near the end of the fence, they could get out. Yeah, they definitely not, could dig their way out. They're not using their beaks here. I'm pretty. I'm pretty amazed by by the holes they made. Yeah. Now, 